Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the 442 Podcasts. I hope you're all enjoying the shows. Uh, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't done that already. It helps us, and we look forward to giving you plenty more. Today, Liam? Oh, we could have a favourite of mine, John. We've got a former Scottish international, ex Yeovil Town, Elgin City, Shrewsbury Town, Bury, Millwall, Bolton Wanderers, Bradford, Oldham, Cincinnati. We've got you, John McGinley, on the show. And you've missed a couple as well, though. I have, but I thought we'll go into that. John, played football for a long time. Starters at your career, Fort William, 16-year-old. I was actually 14 when I signed for Fort William. I was 14. Uh, I always remember Colin Nielsen was was the chairman. Colin signed me on a schoolboy form and took me into town and bought me a pair of football boots. So you didn't have any? I had football boots, but he brought me a proper pair of football boots, leather. Oh, the bee's knees? The bee's knees. So at 14-year-old, you were training what? With the big lads then, or not? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I made my debut not long after that. I made my debut actually against Elgin City in the North of Scotland Cup. How old were you? Touching 15. And you played in men's football? Yeah. Highlands League? Highland League football. Yeah. Big Scottish bruises? Big strong men, that's for sure, yeah. Were you always a forward then? No, I was playing wide right at the time. Obviously, because of my size and physicality, that it was easy to stick you out wide. I would, man, I wouldn't have got a touch of the ball if I played as a centre forward. So played out wide right. Uh, can't remember much about the game if I'm honest with you. I know we got beat. I think it was the other three or four nil. But uh, that was my introduction to to men's football, really. So Fort William, where did you go after that? Well, at what would I have been seventeen, I signed for Nairn County. Uh, we went up to Fort William. Went up to play in Nairn County in a pre-season friendly. Malcolm Cowie was the manager, and Malcolm, after the game, approached Fort William and wanted to sign me. So that was it, really. That was the start of proper Highland League football on a so regular basis. How? What were the distance from Fort William there for the travel wise? Uh, 80, 85 miles. Right. So was three that times a, a week. Was that a be an amateur contract then? Or? No, semi. Well. Call it semi-professional. I was I was on twelve pound a week. Pardon? Twelve pounds a week. 
what year plus would, expenses. What? I bet the expenses were more than twelve pounds. They were they? actually. That's yeah. That's why I went up three times a week because you got me a few quid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's some trouble, then, isn't it? Yeah. It was. So how did that go? It was good. I mean, it was. You know, again, it was a little bit of a step up at that time from Fort William, only due to the fact that Fort William weren't in the Highland League. Uh, Fort William just played in cup competitions. Right. And, you know, they were, they were applying for the Highland League, never got into it. And so, you know, to get an opportunity in the Highland League was, was good at the time. And then currently were a fantastic wee club. So where did you go from there? Well, I cut a long story short, uh, played there for... a into my second season and I was uh, Malcolm Cowie the manager was emigrating to New Zealand and he had obviously been speaking to people out there and, and you know making inroads into football out there and he'd spoke to a club about himself actually moving out there and, and maybe managing and, and getting involved at a football club and they asked about any players and he recommended me cut a long story short I ended up going out to New Zealand for a season How old were you then? 20 and were you still a right winger? No, I was a striker at that time. I'd, I'd filled out a little bit. Physicality was, uh, you know, I could handle it a bit better, I suppose, by then. And and that was it. So New Zealand, I mean, that was a, you know, 37-hour journey on the way out. I was t I was petrified, to be honest with you. you Did know you go mean? with him? No, no, I went on my own. So he, he went He first... still hadn't moved out there. He so you, you went before the manager? Yeah, he was... He was he was still going through the process of, of the immigration and everything else. And so myself, I mean, he was there very early in the days, you know what I mean? So me going out there, I didn't know anybody at all. And like I said, 37 hours it took me. I, f I flew out there with Pan Am. Remember Pan Am, Freddie oh, yeah. Laker and all that? Flew out with Pan Am, got there, like I said, 37. I could, have, I could barely walk when I got off the plane. My backside was like a, an iron board. I'm going to go, what did you pack for take, coming from North, you know, Scotland in the islands? Everything I had, really. I mean, you, you don't, you just take everything, don't you? don't really know what you're going to. And obviously with phones and <laughs> I promised, was there just somebody waiting with a plaque saying McGinley? Yeah, yeah, and it was Don Jones, the manager. And and he had the assistant manager there with him as well, and, and so they picked me up. And they drove me to a naval base. Right, so this naval base, we drove there. This is straight off the plane. Cases are in the back. And he's took me to training. I can't barely walk. I've just sat on a plane for 37 hours. Did you say anything? Or would you not at 20-year-old? No, I didn't say much, really. And and we got there, got changed, went out. And I couldn't move, basically. They must have looked at me and thought, what the hell have we signed here? What have we brought out here? And uh, But that was it. And then they gave me a few days to kind of find myself, get over the jet lag and everything else. <laughs> and I went and I always remember, I stayed, I stayed in this house in Devonport, which is like across the water. Did they sort the house for you? Well, it was actually one of the committee members. It was a guy called Alan Richards that I stayed with. And he was a very famous man in New Zealand. He was a commentator for cricket and everything out there. So you stayed with his family? I stayed with his family and his wife, June. They were lovely, lovely people. They were really, really nice and welcoming. Anyway, I'd slept pretty much for a day and a half, I think, solid. And I got up, so probably a couple of days after I've got there, I've got up, went outside, so it was beautiful. The way I thought, oh, I'll sit here a bit. Stripped down to the shorts, sat out in a chair, fell asleep, and I woke up. I was okay when I woke up. 
an hour later, I couldn't speak. Couldn't even move my lips. I got sunstroke, didn't I? <laughs> what, lobster? <laughs> Unbelievably. I mean, I was as white as, as white as that tablecloth, right? So, but the sun out there seemingly is a lot stronger than it is anyway back here. And I've sat there and I thought, oh, for God's sake. So anyway, that's me missing training again. And they went, what a start I've got off to. They've saw me like the tin man, can't move. <laughs> then I've got burnt and I've got, uh, just ridiculous. Anyway, it's took me probably about two weeks to get into it, get to training properly, get over the, the sunstroke and everything else. And then it was great after that. Did you hit the ground running then? To a, to a degree I did. I mean, it, was, it took me a wee bit of a while to get used to it. I was homesick probably for two or three months. Uh, my mum used to phone me every Sunday, and I was, I was, I was in tears and all sorts. I mean, I just wanted to go if home. If she didn't ring you, would you be home? No, I still wanted much? to go home, yeah, 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 without doubt. I wanted to go home. And, but slowly but surely, that you know what I mean, you kind of found your feet and, you know, made friends out there and everything else and, and, and mixed better, and, and all of a sudden it was great. What was crowds like? Crowds were good. Uh, I mean, it was a national league. So for me going out there, you got kitted out, all Adidas, that was all trap. We had travel gear, we had all sorts. We flew to every away game, just about. Right. Yeah, because it, because it's a national league, it was a South Island, North Island, you had to fly, the distances and everything else were that great, you had to fly. So there was a few games that were maybe a couple of hours away, which you drove to, but the majority of them you flew. So it was great, it felt like you were a proper footballer, do you know what I mean? You got, you got treated well. Uh, and again, getting on planes and going to games and stuff like that. It was good, really good. So, was it then Elgin City? <clears throat> no. No? So, 10 months was up, season was up, uh, I flew back, and the agreement was initially was, because I left Nairn County, if I came back, I had to sign for Nairn County again. Right. So, got back, signed for Nairn County, did really well. I mean, straight away, I, I scored tons of goals straight away. And there was teams interested in teams and I went down on trial to Sunderland for a month. A month? Yeah. I ended up staying a month because of the weather that was, I'd hit the snow and all sorts and I went down there. But I'd played in the reserves and I did okay. Uh, Len Harshurst was the manager at the time. Felt I did good enough to get an opportunity but right at the end of the month he came to me and I always remember it, you know, there was, there was another boy there, a striker uh, called Paul Lemon and I, I still, I've kept in touch with him all the way through. He, Paul's a scout himself now, and he, he, you know, he's done really well. But uh, he was two years younger than me, and the manager says, "Well, you're on a par, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with. I'm going to stick with Paul because he's two years younger than, him. and he was an England youth international, I think, and everyone else as well. So he stuck with him, so I didn't get the opportunity. But went back home. I was only home a couple of days, and the phone went, and it was Jerry Gow on the phone. Now, I didn't know at the time, uh, Jerry, but quickly found out, obviously, Bristol City, Hardman, Manchester City as well, later on in his, his career. And Jerry was a manager of Yeovil Town. And what had happened was there was a guy called Cecil Irwin who had played for Sunderland, left fullback. He had also played for Yeovil Town, and he was a coach at Sunderland. And he had recommended me to Jerry because I didn't get taken on there. So you've seen some in you then as well? He recommended me, and, and Jerry phoned up. Do you fancy coming to Yeovil? And I'm like, may as well, do nothing else, I may as well. So I went down to Yeovil. Uh, well, you didn't go down. Let's just put a map up. <coughs> Nan to Yeovil. Fort William to... No, it's Fort William. I was living member. 
Right. So it was Fort William to to Yeovil, and there was trains, buses, there was all sorts. I mean, it was it was a it wasn't easy to get to, knowing you don't drive. That's got to be uh, a fifteen-hour trek, on it. It was a fair trek. It was. It was a whole day. I remember the whole day tram one, and in the end, I had got on the wrong train. I think I tra- I changed at Bristol. I'd got on the wrong train, and it took me so far. Whatever it took me to, it was it was in the middle of nowhere, and that's where it ended. Was this for sign or trial again? Uh, no, it was the sign. Right. Uh, so anyway, cut a long story short again. Jerry ended up. He sent one of the committee to pick me up at this middle of nowhere train station because that's where it ended. He's come and picked me up, took me there, went in. And the next couple of days, they were talking to Nairn, and you know, Nairn in the end were great. They let me go. Was there a fee? There wasn't a fee at that time, no. Right. They just let me go, uh, which was really good of them because they didn't want to stand in my way. So Yeovil then was a a big non-league team, wasn't it? I think they were the, they were the best supported non-league team in the country at that time. So Averaged about 2,500, I think. So back then, they had another centre-forward who you replaced, didn't they? they Quite did. famous, didn't they? Very famous, yeah, and at the time it was uh, Ian Botham. People listening to this now, you'll be thinking... Ian Ball from yeah. the cricketer, yeah. but tell them the truth, it was. It was, yeah. And what a, he was a good player. You know, a striker. What a a good target man. Big target man, put himself about. But no, he was a good player. I mean, he played for Scunthorpe now as well. So he was decent. It wasn't just in there because of his name or anything else. He was decent. So anyway, I replaced uh, Beefy, yeah. I replaced Ian Botham. How many years nine. were you there, Yeovil? Ended up staying three years. I signed a three-year contract. I stayed the three years. You liked it down there, didn't you? I did. You know, it was a nice place. People were fantastic. Uh, met my wife there as well. Uh, my two oldest boys were born in Yeovil. Uh, got married there. So, yeah, brilliant. So I've got some stats for you. 88 games, 49 goals you scored. I think the goals might be right, but I think I played more games than that, if I'm honest. That's what I, my yeah. stats have come. But I was going to say, how did no one come in for you? Probably because I was a bit of a head case. Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, I was quite lucky that there was a guy there, Mike Spearpoint, who was part of the committee, he was a director of the club. He had a building company, so I worked on the building site. So I was oh, part-time. So part-time yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah, worked on the building site uh, for Mike. And Mike was brilliant because, you know, if we had a night game or whatever, he would he would let us off at, after dinner. Dinner time, it was a knock, finish, and he would still pay us the full day. Do you know what I mean? So he was—he yeah. was really good, looked after us. Uh, but yeah, I was—I was part time. So the good thing about it, the the club. At one point, they owned a whole street of houses. Did they? Yeah. And then, like every few years, they sold one, sold one, sold one, and they ended up they had two left. And Jerry Gow lived in this house when I first went to the club, but then Jerry bought his own house and everyone else, and they ended up to give it to me. So I got the house, and it was. They give you the house. A pound a year rent. Wow. Just to make it legal. Get you. Was it called a peppercorn rent or whatever it is they call I, it? I don't know, but if it's on paper, you're paying so much, I suppose. Exactly. You. So that's what they, they give me a house, three bedroom house. And next door to me was my pal and my strike partner at the time, Jerry Pearson. So number eight and number 10, Nathan Road, that's where, where we lived. So it was yeah. brilliant. Enjoy it then. Aye, it was great. So them stats, nothing happened. They ended up going back up to L again. Well, Jerry had gone by this time. Uh, Jerry had, had left the club. Uh, Brian Hall had come in, and Brian was a, a good manager. Brian uh, 
won the double FA Trophy in the league, I think, with Wealdstone, and he had the likes of Stuart Pearce playing for him, Vinnie Jones, all these guys played for him at Wealdstone. So Brian had came to Yeovo, and he was a good manager, and you know he got success at Yeovo, but I, I'll be honest, I didn't really say eye to eye with him. And just clash. Nah, I could just, you know what I mean? I was, I don't know, I just, like I said, I was a, maybe a bit headstrong as well, and, and you know, I didn't see eye to eye with him, and that was it. So, came to the end, end of my contract, and I had the decision to make, and they were asking for money for me if I stayed in England, but they also said, well, I said, well, I might go back to Scotland, and they said, well, if you go back to Scotland, you can go for nothing. Wonder why that is. Have a money for you or not? That's a weird business one, that isn't it? Not really. I think they didn't want me to come back to haunt them, probably. Right. So if I was going back to Scotland, then it was kind of well, I won't see him again. And was there and, any league club sniffing around then? Not that especially I, with that record. Not that I was aware of. No. No. Not that I was aware of. I mean, I had a. Like I said, Liam, I had a few ones, silly ones, sending offs and stuff. And I mean, there was one time I got sent off. I was. I never even got on the pitch. I was on the bench. And it kicked off on the pitch, and it also kicked off on the sidelines. And I, and I you get stuck in. And I, I chinned this boy. In. <laughs> there, there was another boy warming up, and he was warming up at the top end. And then once it was all kicked off, I saw him, and he was running down. And he was running full pelt, and as he was running full pelt, I've chinned him like, and oh, he's gone down, and put it? him out like. And then it went on for about five minutes on the pitch and on the sidelines, and the ref had lost control completely. And then. Once everything had sort of calmed down and he got back, he just walked over to me and showed me a red card and I wasn't even on the pitch. I was on the bench. Well, you deserved it all, didn't you? Of course I did. Of course I did. But the, the incident initially, everybody else got away with what happened everywhere else and, and I got the red card and I got a few of them. Do you know what I mean? So probably put people off as well because I was I was like that. I would react and I was... If you wanted to fight, I'd fight you. Do you know what I mean? There was no... It was like the Scottish boy in you? I don't know. I don't know, but I mean, it was just young and stupid, I suppose. So, back up to Elgin. 42 goals in 60 games. People must have come knocking on the door then. Well, then they started to get a bit of interest, obviously, because I'd hit... I'd hit 30-odd goals by February. You know what I mean? So, I was. I mean, I was, I was scoring loads of goals. I was in a great side, and the, boy, the boys, we had a brilliant team. And they were creating chances and all that. And there's a lot of the ones that were just hitting off you and hit, going in the back of the net. You, you just didn't, have, you didn't have to do anything, really. Do you know what I mean? But good side, good team. Uh, and it came about, really, it, like you said, there was a few bit of interest. A few teams had, had sort of initiated a little bit, asking if I'd go and try on things like that. And I'll be honest with you, I was, I'd got to that age where I wasn't going to go on trial. How old were you? 24. Right. I think you can see me playing, you know what I mean? If, you, if you're interested in that, then fine. But if you're not, I'm not really going to go on trial for two weeks. Or, do you know what I mean? It's You're at that stage where you've gone past that. But also, it must be a dream to go full-time as well. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong, without doubt. But it, how it came about anyway. So, phone call from Jerry. But this time, Jerry now has took the Weymouth job. And Weymouth were a big non-league club. A nice place as well. Because Let's beach, just put seaside. a map up there now. Yeah. You're at Elgin. Weymouth, past Yeovil. That's even it's more... Only, it's only an hour and a half from Yeovil, hour and 20 minutes from Yeovil, right? So it's going back to the kind of area anyway that I knew. We used to go down to Weymouth to the beach and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it was a nice place. And uh, so Jerry had got the Weymouth job. 
and on the phone talking to me and offered me great. I mean, they offered me a flat down there, a car, decent money. That was fine with me, no problem. He Were goes, you with the missus then? Yeah, yeah. Did she move up from yep. Yeovil with you? Yep. Right. Any and kids? Two. You had two kids already then? Two were born in Yeovil. Right, okay. So, two. I had to count now. <laughs> so, Jerry's coming up. Jerry's now flying up on this specific day. I'm going to Inverness Airport to pick him up, take him through to the club, sign, done and dusted. Right, they've agreed the fee, £25,000. For a non-league. And what, what league were you in there, Elgin? Island League. How, so you weren't even like this? No. Nope. That's just still below the second division, is it, in Scotland? Yeah, still part-time. You know what I mean? So Jerry's come up, £25,000. Banker's draft. That's got to be big money then. Yeah, up front. Banker's draft, everything done. So he's, I've picked him up at the airport, drove him back to the to the ground, and as you walk into the ground at Borough Briggs, you walk in, you've got to go into the boardroom, you've got to walk past the secretary's office. So Jerry's got the briefcase, walking into the boardroom, and I was having the secretary popped his head out of his office and said, John, could I have a quick word? I went, I know what he said. I said, Jerry, you carry on in. I'll be in a minute. No problem. So Jerry goes in, sits down, places all his papers and forms out on the on the boardroom table, banker's draft, everything all neat and tidy. I've gone into the secretary's office and he's gone there. And I've looked at them all and all their faces are like dead serious. And I don't know, something's happening. Oh. And, the, and the chairman was in and he went, uh, John McNeil's been on the phone. And straight away, I went, straight away, Billy McNeil, Celtic. Right. That's my, I went, Billy? They went, no, Ian McNeil, Shrewsbury. I went, ah, oh, right, right. He, you have to phone him. He wants to sign you. I went, no, I can't. I'm signing for Jerry. Jerry's in there. And, and they went, yeah, but he's down there, they're League One, which is the championship. That's right. League right. Two. So it was a championship, right? Shrewsbury. And I, I didn't know where Shrewsbury was. Did you know? I didn't have a clue. Did not have a clue. So I've gone, you have to phone them. So I went, all right, so we'll leave you. So they all went into the boardroom, left me in the secretary's office, got on the phone. Hello, Mr. McNeil, John McGinley. He went, ah, John, John, how are you? No bad. John, I want to sign you. I went, Mr. McNeil, I'm just about to sign for uh, Jerry Gow. He's the manager of Weymouth. He says, I know. And what it was, Ian's son, Ian Jr., lived in Aberdeen. And he had watched me numerous times. And he got alerted, he read it in the papers that Jerry Guy was flying up to sign me. They had agreed a fee. And so he's got on the phone to his dad and said, look, if you want him, you're gonna have to go with it. Like, So Ian didn't, hadn't actually seen me himself, it was his son. Right. So I'm speaking on the phone to him and I goes, right. He goes, no, no, no. I said, Mr. McNeil, I'm not coming down for a trial. And he says, no, 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 we're gonna sign you. I went, okay, right. And that was it. So I've gone back into the boardroom now, and they're all sitting still around the table. And you can see them twiddling their I thumbs. I take it as he matched the fee. Should be yeah. sign, right? Exactly the same. So he's, they're all twiddling their thumbs in there, sort of tapping the table and stuff. And I've gone in, and Jerry's looking at me. And I goes, uh, "Excuse me, guys, can I give him a couple of minutes with Jerry?" And they went, "Yeah, yeah, no problem." So I said to Jerry, "Look, Ian McNeil's been on the phone from Shrewsbury. It's a championship. I'm going to take it." Am I right though? Just championship then? <coughs> Chelsea and Leeds or in It was Man City, Leeds, Chelsea. Uh, massive I mean, clubs there were massive in there. clubs in there. They really were. And, you know, Jerry's he's there and he's going, no, 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 come down. And I'll, 
give you more wages. I'll, I'll give you this. I'll give you that. And I went, Jerry, it's not about that. It's about the opportunity. And he went, yeah, but if you come and do well for me, you'll still get, you'll get an opportunity. I said, yeah, but I'm getting the opportunity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's so for about two or three minutes, he's, he's he's went back and forth and tried to sort of dissuade me from from going to Shrewsbury. And in the end, he stood up, put his hand out, and he went, as long as I get first dibs and if it doesn't work out. And I went, no problem. So we shook hands on it. He put all his paperwork back in his back in his briefcase. What did he offer you? I'm just gonna be honest. I'm cheeky. What did he offer me? Car, house, a flat. It was a flat, a car, and three hundred pound a week. Right. Okay. And there was a sign-on fee, and I think the sign-on fee was ten grand or something. Right. And Big money that. It, it was. We considered. Listen, I didn't. Didn't have ten pence of cash for backside way, you know what I mean? So it was big money, and uh, but it wasn't proper football, still was it? You yeah, know, disrespect. No. It was. It well, you can place your boots football. up against Chelsea, Man yeah. City, so it's different. So we ended up. We went out, had a few pints that night. Uh, next morning, I've took him to the airport, and off he's and off he's gone. I've now carried on, but this time I'm driving this old Forker Pre, by the way, right? Right, I know. I right. remember. I think. Uh, my cousin had a fork of pre-lays. It's the one with a long bonnet in it. Absolutely, right? So and I'm, and I'm Yeah, pretty much. And I'm thinking, this is never going to get me to Shrewsbury now, right? So I've left him at the airport and I've carried on down to Fort William, to my mum's. And I'd spoke to her before and I said, Mum, any chance I could borrow your car like for a, for maybe a week or two? And she went, well, what, what? yeah, of course, but what am I going to do? I went... I've got a car for you, right? So I've drove down to my mum's and she had an MG Metro. Right. MG Metro, right? <laughs> so I went, drove in, big Capri, parked it up, right? And it was even too long for where my mum and I parked her car. So anyway, my mum came out. I said, look, she went, oh, I could never drive that. I went, mum, you'll be brilliant in it, honestly. It'll be, it'll be great. How tall's your mum? Because I want to bang a picture up now of a Capri. Five foot three or something. Right. right, okay. So she sat in it. I've got her in it, Liam, right? and they're like the bucket seats and that, right? It was like getting into a go-kart, right? My mum, it must have took her 10 minutes to get into it. So she's got into it and she's down there. She couldn't even see over the bonnet. That's what I'm getting in mind. Because it had the, had like a bulge on the bonnet, didn't it? For yeah. the and then she couldn't see over the bonnet and she couldn't even see the road. And I'm thinking, well, two or three cushions maybe. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So she's gone so you're back. selling it, you're selling it Got now. back into the house, got a couple of cushions and I put it under and she's gone and she's like, she wasn't happy, obviously, because she, she just dreaded driving it, right? She wouldn't drive it to the shops and back, right? But anyway, she's like, oh, you, know, you go, I'll be all right. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll, we'll manage, you know, that one. So she's had the fork Capri and away I go. So I drove down, ended up, got down to Shrewsbury late that night, and I was booked in, they'd booked me into this uh, guest house place, and, and I arrived there. Uh, next morning, got up, had to go into the ground for 10 o'clock. Sign your contract. To sign my contract. So I goes in, right, and, and there was a gaffer. He was there, Ian was there, and, and welcomed me and, and everything else. So I've gone in, and he's gone, John, we're just waiting on, uh, on the secretary. He's not here at the moment. Malcolm Starkey was his name. I just remembered that there. He says, Malcolm's out just now. He's got something to do, and I'll be back in a wee bit. He says... Uh, he says, go in the dressing room and, and put some gear on and we'll just, we'll go do a wee bit in the pitch. I went, what do you mean do a bit in the pitch? So anyway, goes in, puts some gear on, goes out. Walked out onto the pitch and there he's got 
He's got two YTS boys on the right, two YTS boys on the left. He's got a goalkeeper in goals. And he's got like a midfield player feeding the balls to these boys. And he's going, John, just go on and do a wee bit of finishing in that. All right, right? So loads of balls in there, pinging them out, right, left, putting them in, headers, volleys, everything else. So I'm out there for about 10, 15 minutes. And he's going, right, that's enough, John, in you come. And do you know what? That was your trial, wasn't that it? That was my trial. And it was so like, he's done you, hasn't he? but he did me so. The secretary was it wasn't there on purpose. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He probably were. He wanted to see me finishing. He wanted to see me moving and, and control and everything else. You know, so that was his. He did it sneaky, like and, and, and very clever the way he did it. But that was it. So came in, signed, uh, signed that day, trained yeah. with the, with the team the next day, trained again on the Friday, and then. I made my debut on the Saturday. I went on at half time. I think it was away at Walsall, and I went on at half time for Jim Melrose. Uh, and in the end, I, I, I was really brought in to probably replace Jim. So, and that was it. And it, like you said, straight away, Chelsea, Manchester City, Leeds United. I mean, the games that were in that league at the you time. You must have been the underdogs in that league, wouldn't you? Well, we were. We, I mean, we were releg They were in the relegation when I, when I, I signed for them, and we did. We went down that season. I mean, with the lowest budget in the in the in the league. Did they have any players? Any big hitters? Anybody who'd take you under the wing? Obviously, it's first taste of league football. Davy Moyes. Davy Moyes. Davy was oh, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah Davy was with me at Shrewsbury. And, did he uh, take you on his wing? Were we in the Scottish connection? He did act a bit. Yeah, he did, and he was very. He was just a great guy, Davy. Still to this day, I mean, I, I still speak to him now. You know, and he's he's never changed. You know what I mean? But he was always that sensible one, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? The way that we had a few, there was a king of Scottish contingent at Shrewsbury who were a bit daft. And then he just. And he, he was always the voice of reason, really, and always the sensible one. And, you know, we had, we had Dougie Bell there from Aberdeen, who was a fantastic player, with a boy called Victor Casul. He was Scottish in there, Stevie Pittman. Alan Irvin, big striker we got uh, from Liverpool. So there were some decent players there. We had, a, we had a good team, we really did. And it was uh, but a small town that, you know, you couldn't really do anything. Everybody knew what, what went on there. So how did you find it? The football? I found it, I found it hard initially. Uh, obviously, going to full-time training is a, is a big difference to you. But the gaffer was great with me because he would he would work on my finishing, work on my first touch, and he would he, he, he did a lot for me as, as a player. Did you grow there then? I think so. I think so. Uh, and I started to score goals on a regular basis. Uh, I think I ended up playing... I mean, I signed end of February. I ended up playing 11... I think I started 11 games that year and I scored six goals. That's a good return, So, so it? It, wasn't, it wasn't too bad of a start, really. That's, you're probably not going to get many chances like you were getting up at no. game, were you? No. But that was it was good and it was... Yeah, it was just a nice town to live in as well. Good people. Yeah. How did you end up going up Bury then? What happened there? Did something go wrong? No. So the next season, I don't. I'd only signed... Till the end of that season, and one more. Right. So. Can I almost bring you back? Yeah. Was obviously was it more money than Weymouth? No, it's the same money. Same. Yeah, three hundred pound a week. Car, flat. No. So. No car, no flat. Right. Okay. No. And you got two kids at this time. Got. And the third one on the way by this time, and he was born in Shrewsbury, Jamie. So, 
in the meantime, Ian left the club. Ian McNeil, the manager, he had left the club and he went to Millwall as assistant manager to Bruce Rio. Asa Hartford, who was a player. Was he at City? Yep, Asa Hartford, Scottish International. Uh, Asa was a player coach when I first went to, to Shrewsbury and then he, he ended up being the manager when, when the gaffer left. So this one day, I mean, the, the gaffer had been back on the phone to me and saying, right, we want you at Millwall. Want to take you to Millwall. And I was like, aye, right, no worries. This one day I got a phone call uh, to go into the ground to see the manager, Asa. Walked in, Asa says, uh, Burry are interested in you. But bearing in mind, my contract was up at the end of the season. Right, we were Burry, same league. Yeah, same league, but making a push. Right. Burry had a lot of money at that time. So he's, he's gone to me, Sam Ellis wants to speak to you. Sam Ellis, yeah. Right, the manager. I went, nah, I don't, I, that's not for me. Knowing in my mind I was going to Millwall. Yeah. So I've gone, nah. And he's go, he's a, he says to me, he goes, uh, why don't you just go up? Have a chat with him. You don't need to do anything. Just go up. And then it'll give you an idea if they're, what they're offering, and then it might help you down the line. Just go and speak to them. I was like, nah, he says, it's not for me, that. Go on. Fair enough. My brother was down and, and visiting us at the time, so... Basically, he says, I'll take you, well, I'll drive you up the road. So, drove me up to Bury, walked in, basically sat down, and he's gone, right, what do you want? This is Sam Ellis. He goes, what do you want? I wasn't Not really, talking, where are you going to play in the no, team? I wasn't really prepared for it because I thought he was going to show me around the ground. I thought he was going to say this, we're going to, you know, this is what we're doing with the team and this is where we see you playing or whatever. And, not a word. Just walked in and he went, right, what, how much are you looking for? What are you looking for? What's your package? I went, Phew. And So he got me a little bit, you know what I mean? He hit me when I wasn't expecting it, really. Did you mention anything? Did you just chuck oh, out? Oh, I did. Figure? I did. I just chucked out there, right, put it out, and, and that was it. And what did he say? And he went, right, give me 24 hours. I went, wait a minute, I'm not even saying I'm going to sign. I'm just, like, I'm here to talk to you and all. He went, right, give me 24 hours. And that was it. I was basically in and out within 10 minutes. Honestly? Honest to God. Within 10 minutes, I was in and out, right? And again, What did you ask for? Come on, everyone wants to know. Can you remember? I think it was 750 quid. And I think the signing, a signing on fee of 50 grand. So I've come out. Brothers drove me back down to Shrewsbury. And before I've got there, he had been on the phone, because there was no mobiles then, right? He had he'd been on the phone. So he'd phoned my home. So I got in, so I phoned him again. He went, right, I've sorted it, can you come back up? <laughs> I went, no. He sounds like a pub dealist, doesn't it? <laughs> I went, no. And he says, well, can you come up first thing tomorrow morning? I went, yeah, I'll come back up tomorrow then. So I went back up the next day. And again, I'm thinking, I don't know if it's for me yet. Well, I, 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 in my head it wasn't. So I drove up. My brother drove me up again. Walked in. And he's gone, right. He says, I've got you a little bit more. I've got you this, I've got you that. Do, do, do. Right, sign. I was like... And I don't know, or to this day, I don't know, right? I don't know whether... He got me in the headlights a little bit. I, I don't think know. he's got you in. I don't know what he's. he's no, he's pulled one on. Though, he's he? mesmerised me, right, in some way. He's give you no reason to say no because he's give you what you wanted. And a bit more. Yeah. So, 
He's ended up, he's put the forms on, and I've signed them, right? And, all right, on you. So I've, I've got back in the car, and I'm going driving back down to, to Shrewsbury, and I'm saying to my brother, what have I just done? No, I... I and I was in, I was in shock. It was like, do you know what? Because it was so fast. I don't like, know. What do you want? You said it. it. He went, yeah, twenty four hours. And I was, he's done your less. I think I was, I was a little bit naive as well because, again, this was only the second deal I'd ever been in. No agent, no nothing, no nothing, no nobody to help me, nobody to give me any advice as such. So I, I'd sign, and then I'm, so I'm driving back, thinking, oh, what have I done? I've made a big mistake here. Just, what straight away you yeah, knew? Yeah, without doubt. And and at that time there was a guy who basically was the owner, a guy called Hugh Eaves. And he was arriving every month with so-called a suitcase of cash. And, Honestly? And that's, it was like how it was, you know. You got paid in cash? No, we didn't get paid in cash, but he was arriving with cash and it was all... Going into the club? Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't right, whatever was, was going on. Was there any other good players there then? We had some really good players. I mean, they'd, they'd spent some, some big money. I mean, David Lee was there, obviously. I mean, that was my first meetings with David. Uh, Phil Parkinson, an ex-manager here, he was yeah. he was there as a player. Uh, but we had signed Roger Stanislaus, Ronnie Morge, at that level, good good players, yeah, you know. And, and we had a right good squad, and we were sitting. I think when I left, we were sitting third or fourth in the league. You know, we were. Did we were you going beat really Bolton well. and score that trick? I did. Yeah, I did. I did. Who would have thought what happened after the? Yeah. Anyway. So I've, I've drove back this route and I've said I've made a mistake. You know, just in my head, I just didn't feel right. I made a mistake, and and, were, and now I'm thinking, oh, geez, I've got to tell the, the gaffer, no, the gaffer, because he's expecting me to go to Millwall in the summer. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no. So anyway, spoke to the guy. They weren't happy at all, and he said Bruce was livid. Bruce wasn't not happy, and da, 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 and knowing the boss now, if that. Did you it. know Bruce before then? No. All the phone calls, maybe, or no, I hadn't spoke to him. Right. I hadn't spoke to him. And it's funny because before I'd gone to meet with Burry, the week previous to that, I got a phone call from Phil Neal, who was the manager here. That's right, of course he was, yeah. And I met him in Wolverhampton, which is not that far from Shrewsbury. I met him in Wolverhampton in a in a in a like a pub restaurant. And he says, Oh, we're interested in signing you, right? So he says, what are you looking for? I told him, basically I told him the same as, as Burry. And he went, right, I've got a board meeting in the next couple of days, I'll get back to you. Never phoned me again, never spoke to me again. So it might have worked out that I could have signed. Earlier. Here earlier, yeah. yeah. But no, he never never came back, never phoned again, never. Bolton was skinned then though as well, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. But, you know what I mean? There so how long go. did you stay at Bury then? So, like I said, I arrived at Bury and so this guy's arriving with suitcases of cash, everyone's going well, we're making a right push for promotion. Uh, and then in my contract, I had different clauses in it. That, and it's, it was Sam Ellis had put them in, I hadn't asked for them. Right. Right, and it was things like when I hit 10 goals, I got 15 grand or 20 grand or whatever it was. And at the start, everyone's going well. Towards, 
what would it have been? The January. Six of us had to go in the January window or else the club was going bust. So the money had stopped? Yeah, the money had stopped. So from the summer till the January, that was it. So it got to the stage you couldn't even get a pair of laces. And so he's run out of money, this lad, hasn't he? Well, the, the money stopped appearing, obviously, and the, but the commitments were still there. Yeah. So six of us had to go. Andy Hill, right full-back, captain of the team at the time, went to Manchester City, I think for a quarter of a million. David Lee uh, went to Southampton. 200,000. It was more than that, I think it was three, 350, was I think, yeah. It was up there anyway. Uh, Tony Cunningham and Mark Patterson came here in a joint deal. That's right, yeah. Came, came to Bolton. Myself, I went initially on loan to Millwall. And there was one more. But six had to go just to keep the club afloat. So it just shows you how quick things turn round, you know, because they were, I think they would, they would have got promotion that year. Because you were flying. Because they were flying. But then the team had to be broke up and that, and that was it. So for me, I'm so, so lucky that the boss, as in Bruce Reich, uh and the gaffer, Ian McNeil, had both got back in touch, took me on loan initially, and... Because normally, Bridges if, you, have done. if you cross the boss, that's it, done, finished. So I was really, really lucky that that was the case. So Millwall? Millwall. Some big hitters there. Big players. I mean, I goes in there. Teddy Sheringham, obviously, the biggest of them all. You know, what a player, fantastic finisher. I learned so much from him. And he was younger than you then as and well. He was younger than me, but what a player. I mean, goodness sake, couldn't lace his boots. You know what I mean? He was a player. And not just that in there. There was Malcolm Allen in there, who's probably Water. one of them. Did he, is he the lad who went Newcastle? Got Newcastle. His knees. Uh, he was a player in, wasn't he? Terrible injuries he had to his knees, etc. But he's one of the best finishers I've ever seen. He was magnificent. You know, added to that, there was Mark Falco there. So you've got Mark Falco, Teddy Sheringham, Malcolm Allison. Malcolm Allen. Malcolm Allen. Was it Chris Armstrong. Chris Armstrong, uh, who we signed. He came in after me, actually, Chris. We signed him from Wrexham, I think, for 90,000, who ended up being an England international, Tottenham Hotspur, and, and had a great career. John Goodman was another young up-and-coming yeah. uh, player that was in there as a striker as well. So, oh, they were they were stacked out. So you what know? was it like for you, then? London, uh, big lights, <clears throat> these players. Did you feel you belong there? You can get in the team? No, no, I didn't. Listen, I suppose it's you look at. It, I'm not a city guy. I'm a town country guy. Maybe you know what I mean. I'm not. Yeah, coming from the islands. Yeah, it's it was a big. It was a tough place. I mean, I, I thought I thought it was very. Don't get me wrong. The people at the club were nice, and and the players were fantastic. But it was an unfriendly place, as in. Were you at the old den then? Yeah, London itself. It was a tough, tough place to play. Dockers, isn't it? Well, not just that. I mean, they, they had their own standards and, and if the team didn't meet them standards, you you got to know about it. It wasn't just the away team, it was us. And so, I mean, you're telling us a story. What used to happen if you weren't playing well? Oh. Were they, honestly, I wouldn't say the firm back in the days, it probably were, wasn't it? Well, they were a feared, they were a feared group of men, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, of course, sure. yes. And, and it's like... But, but the tunnel underneath them? The tunnel used to be on the bottom end of the ground. So if you were shooting, say to the top end, you had to walk all the way down the ground and it was in the corner flag, the tunnel. So and then you used to go down there. But if you weren't playing well, 
they'd be they'd be congregated round the tunnel there, and they'd be flicking fags at you and 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 pouring tea and coffee, or you thought it was tea and coffee. It was probably something else. So you got else. it. So it weren't just a wee It wasn't just a wee fan. We, 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 got, we got all sorts, you know, and, and it was... Uh, was it intimidating? It was intimidating. Yeah, it was It was a tough place to play. Don't get me wrong. Playing well, winning, they were fantastic. But if you weren't, you knew. You know, and at that time, it, it got a bit nasty, uh, Liam, because Danny Baker... Had his own radio show. He was huge then. I mean, he was. He was. He was a big celebrity. And and at that time, he started a campaign to get rid of Bruce. To get rid of Bruce Rear. Where were they in league then? How were they uh, doing? Probably playoffs. In fact, we were playoffs because we were in the playoffs at the end of that year. So uh, is that the old championship or one yeah. below? The old championship. Uh, we played Brighton, I think, at the end of that year in the playoffs, and Brighton beat us uh, to go up. And then, obviously, Teddy then got sold to Forest the, the following season. So, like I said, they were great when you were doing well, but not so good when you weren't. And as a, as a team, they were probably in transition then as well because they had been up in the big league. They had come down. Was the ground like in the pipelines for get built yeah. then? Yeah, the ground was on the way then, the new ground. Uh, so who took over? Mick McCarthy took over. Right. Now Mick... Was he a player? Yeah, teammate, centre-half. Right. So when we were in there, I mean, Mick, that's what I'm saying. It was a good team, a right full good of men side. And... Full of proper men, full of, you know what I mean? It was good. Uh, and like I said, there was quite a Scottish contingent there as well. And I think... What happened was when Danny Baker was, you know, was kind of getting everybody together, let's say, and and you know trying it was to causing force, trouble, trying to force the boss out. There was quite a Scottish contingent there, and because the boss was Scottish, everybody else kind of got tired with that as well. So it was like, right, get Bruce Rioch out and get take the rest of your Scottish ones with you and, and all that. You know right. what I mean? So it it got a bit nasty really at times there, and. Uh, Obviously, then Bruce leaves. Mick McCarthy takes over. Were you in the team when Bruce was there? Yeah. Doing well? Doing all If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, I think I, I, I should have done, I, I think I, I could have done better. I could have scored more goals. Uh, I, was, I was doing okay. Holding your own. Uh-huh. So what make like when he come in there? Well, he changed what completely. Was his transition? He changed completely, really, because I mean, as a as a teammate, he was fantastic. Well, you, crack, laugh, he, everything. Bit of a laugh, bit of a crack. You know, he'd invite the boys around his house if there was ever a do on a party or whatever, and you know what I mean. And then from the day he got the job, he barely spoke to me again. What full circle? Yeah, gone. Simple as wow. And it was like I didn't know you've got to change. I know you've got to. Was he like that with everyone? Oh, he's got to have certain... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, he, he did change much with everybody, but I felt he, he changed quite a bit with me for some reason. But uh, And I got blank for a long time. Like, I, I wasn't in the side. I was pretty much done, really. And then I got the word in the summer, that summer after he had, he had got the job. Obviously, the boss comes in at Bolton. I'd got the phone call off Ian McNeil saying that we want to sign you. So Ian McNeil were Bruce's assistant? Well, by this time he had, he had moved at Bolton. He'd come in as the chief scout. Okay. Colin Todd had come in as, as Bruce's assistant. So you're under contract at Millwall? Yes. Is this called getting tapped up or is this normal? No, you're smiling now, but... No, but I... I, I would imagine even... I'd, officially it's probably getting tapped up, but right. unofficially it's not because, I mean, I know... Ian McNeil has been my manager now. You know what I mean? He was my manager at Shrewsbury. He's manager at Millwall. I now know Bruce as well. I know the boss. So he's been my manager. And, and if they speak to you, I suppose, yeah, it's been tapped up. But do you know what I mean? But, but I bet that even now, to the top teams all over the world, that happens. Of course it When they go on international duty. Hey, what do you want? You? Of course it does. Listen, they... they, they you know it happens. Anyway, so Ian McNeil's on the phone, right? We want we want to take you in at Bolton. We've got to raise the money. So be ready. He says, you're going to get a phone call. Be ready. We've got to get the money together, but it, it shouldn't take that long. We'll be in touch. I Did went, you want to go? Absolutely. Because it were Bruce and Ian McNeil, yeah. or just forget out? No, and Bolton. Because I'd played, I'd played at Bolton before, and I always remember with Shrewsbury, we came to Bolton, we won 1-0, and I scored the goal. And I got back on the bus and I was sitting next to David Moyes on the bus. And I said, it sounds cheesy, but it wasn't. It was a fact. And I turned around and I said, I fancy playing here, you know. It just had something about it. it had, Is that Burnton? Yeah, it had character. It, had some, it was a big club. You could see it was a big club, you know. And I said, I fancy playing here. So you go down the line. So in the summer, and we're talking about June time, just after the boss has come in, and it's... We're putting the money together. Be ready. So I've gone and I've packed a bag. I've got a bag in the back of the car now, right? And it's it's got all gear in it. Right? It's got everything else in it and I've kept it in there because I'm thinking, I'm going to get a phone call in the next couple of days. I'm off, not hanging about. I'm in the motor, gone. I'm up to Bolton. So I've got this bag in the back already, right? So time goes on. We're back now, pre-season training. It's July. We're back in. We're run, getting running and I'm thinking, the phone gonna go, do you know what I mean? And it's like bag's still ready. Bag's in still in the car. 
So I'm at pre-season. And then... Does June, the wife know about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. During pre-season, I started getting injuries at, at, at the club as well. I now find myself in the team. I now find myself scoring goals. Playing all right? Playing okay. And I'm thinking... It's hard because when you go on, you want to win, you want to do well, and you want to. Yeah, you're but, but then you're thinking yourself, are you doing yourself in here? Because if you're, you if you're scoring up, or they're, they're not going to let you go. If you're scoring goals, and that, they might not end up wanting you to go, or the price goes up and it doesn't happen, or whatever, and it, all these things are going through your mind. Anyway, got on the side playing and everything else. Finally, the call came. 29th of September. Remember the day then, don't you? I do you? right now. Remember the it's day. It's a life changing for you, isn't it? Phone goes right. We've agreed everything. We've got the the fee done. Everything else right. No worries. Message. See you later. In the car. You didn't take away. No. No. <laughs> Gone. Right. So I've drove up to Bolton. They've booked me in the pack horse. Right. Don't know where that is. Nelson right. Square. Nelson Square. Right. Pack horse. First night. So I parked up. Got in there. So, in, went to bed. Must have been, I don't know, between one and two in the morning. Next minute, nice, ridiculous. People coming out of clubs, coming it out everywhere busy else. Day right? and then it back was berserk, right? So I'm up and I'm going, what's going on here? Looking out the windows and all that. And the Not place, to go out, oh, did no, Or were no, you changing no, no, then? No, no, Kids no. mature. Well, changing. They just, you knew next day I had a lot on the next day. You know, I was going to sign the next day and, and everything else. So that was it. So next morning, into the club. And pretty much went in, sat down with a gaffer, and I hadn't even spoke to him, like about money, about anything else. Yeah, I hadn't spoken anything. I hadn't spoken about one thing. Agent? No, no. Walked in and and stood at the boss's lap. He's gone. You need to trust me on this one. And I went. He says, I can't afford to give you what you're on. At Millwall. Millwall. What was that, John? 900. Right, okay. Sounds a lot, but living down there, I bet that didn't go far, no, did it? It didn't go far at all. So it might be 950, 9 or 950, whatever it was. And he's, so the boss is going, look, you need to trust me on this one. I can't afford to give you what you're on there. Bear in mind, I'm losing, my, I had a club car at Millwall as well, I'm losing that. And he's gone, just sign that. So I signed it. No word of a lie. Signed it. Didn't even know what it was on. This is opposite to Sam Alice and Bury. This, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But it's trust. Did you did you gain so much trust and respect for Bruce? Then, yeah. At absolutely. Millwall? You absolutely. just hit it off. No. Or did he just put you under his no, wing? No. He. I, still to this day, he got me on track. In life. Yeah. And he made me. He made me realise there were certain standards you have to you have to have, and he made me realise that if you keep to them standards or as best you can to them standards, you've got a chance. If you don't, you you won't you won't last long wherever you go. So, as I've gone in, he's gone sign that, and I swear to you, hadn't read it, didn't have a clue, no clue whatsoever, and I've signed it on a, on a lot lot less money. But within 12 months, I had a new contract. And it made up for what I lost. Right. And so, more. So he looked after you. Absolutely. But you did it at the ground running, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I was lucky. I walked in. 
So I signed on the 30th of September, 1992. And pretty much my first day's training, myself and Andy Walker hit it off on the training ground. He were flying then as well, weren't Andy, what, what a player. I mean, it, it, as a finisher, uh, just had style, and he was just cool. He was a cool finisher. from Celtic, didn't he? So he's played in the old yeah, firm. He's, he's played in some big games, you know, and he's come down here and, and he's resurrected himself, really, but scored goals and, you know, scored some great goals. But not just that. He, so we've gone on. It wasn't even worked at. We've, we've just somehow telepathically on, on the pitch, everything else just seemed to work. You know, Did LB and Scottish together, something to talk no, to? I, I know. I mean, I, I just think, it, regardless, of, you could have been anything. It wouldn't have made any difference. Mm. You know, because whatever runs we made, we, we made them and the other one did the opposite and we helped each other out. We worked hard for each other. If I took great delight, as much delight as in him scoring as myself scoring, and he did the same. And, and it has to be that way if you're going to have a good partnership. And this will be like League Two now then, won't it? Yeah. What we've got where we are today. Yeah. And do you remember the crowds? Yes, I do. My first home game at Bondon Park, we had six and a half thousand on against Hull City. Still a noise though back then, wasn't it? With the it was there. because because of the you know where the the congregated on the paddock and everything else. It, it did generate great noise, and but bearing in mind that was we were 18th in the league, right? When I signed, and just behind me, they brought in David Lee on loan initially from Southampton. What a start! He oh. machine him, <laughs> absolute flying machine. And created so many goals for for myself and Andy. Probably and could have scored a lot more himself, couldn't he? Some of the positions he got himself into due to his pace, but obviously with the chances and everything else, didn't maybe take as much. But as a creator and as an outlet for he the scared, team. Scared the opposite team, oh. didn't he? Because once you're on, they're all on the back foot, Absolutely. aren't they? Absolutely. But I mean, what a player. Came in, I mean, that was a difference to us. But So 18th in the league at that point, and then we went on such a magical run, you know, that season. And when you think about it, we couldn't. We got to a stage where we couldn't really afford to lose a game. Normally, it's some magic games. Away at Hull City on a Friday night. I remember. Well, every time we scored around on the pitch, didn't we? And and that was our biggest worry in the end because when we, you know, when we actually went in front, we were winning two one. Another wave board, of support. You know, wave of support came on when we scored, and, and we were thinking the police are going to call this off because if you remember rightly. After they cleared the all the crowd off, got a whack, didn't no, it? it was a left fullback. Did he get a whack? Somebody reckoned it. Which is all he, wrong. He yeah. might have got a a, a, a slight skiff maybe, and uh, but we were thinking the police are going to call us off, and you know what I mean? It's going to cost us here, but we got through, and and you know the games up until the end of the season, we get to the last game and it's Preston North End at home, who need to win to stay up. That's right, and we need to win to go up. So, were we battling with Port Vale that year? Port Vale, Stockport, and Stoke were champions. And Stoke were champions. Uh, Port Vale had a great side. Stockport had a great. It's a big Kevin Francis yeah. was scoring all the goals for Stockport. They had another forward though, and they had a great player. Oh, I forgot. I can't think it? off the top of my head, Liam. But, but uh, Stoke, I remember. Yeah. Did they have Mark Steen? Yes. Stoke were a. I mean, obviously a great side. They were, you know, when you think back to the old traditional clubs and the big clubs and everything Massive. else. You know, as them. Full ground, massive ground. So, 
we're getting into the end of the, of the season. Now you can't get a ticket for the place. We're sold out. Oh, every I remember week the pressing home. game. I remember you know, So we're sold out. I mean, so we've gone from six, six and a half thousand to 20, 21,000 now sold out. And uh, the game itself, I'll tell you a quick one about that one. So that week of that last game, we went to the races <laughs> on the Wednesday. Managers allowed us to go. Brownies organised it all, you know, men captain and everyone else, meant to be on the, the sensible one. Let's go to the races, right? Don't go daft, just have a couple of drinks and, you know, don't go daft, don't go daft. Wednesday night, train coming back from Chester, into Bolton, a few more drinks. Next minute, the phone's going. And I'm going, answer the phone, answer the phone. And it would stop, and it would start again. And then it would stop, and then it would start again. And it kept going on this for ages. And in the end, I thought, oh, well, open my eyes. And I was like, oh, no. I was in the motorhouse. <laughs> I'm thinking, goodness sake. So next time it rang, I picked it up. And it was Jean, the receptionist at the football club. They'd been looking all over the place for me. Right? So I'd missed training. I've slept in. And I'm thinking, oh, no. Now, the motorhouse were great because... If ever we were out or whatever, because I stayed there for three months when I came to the club, so I knew them all there and everyone else. And, uh, and they used to say, ah, you just, there's a room, just, do you know what I mean? So if you're ever drunk or anything like that, they just used to give you a room. That was it. So anyway, I've got up, got in a taxi, went to the ground, and I'm still in my clothes from going to the races. I thought, oh, no. And they're away training. So I thought, right, I better put my training kit on. So I put my training kit on. And I'm sitting there, and it seems like ages, you know what I mean? I'm thinking, right, they'll be back in half an hour. I'm thinking, right, I better do something. So I went on the bike in the physio's room. I went on the bike, and I'm thinking, but I couldn't get going, you know what I mean? Because I'm worried the boss is going to go mental. The boss is going to go mental, right? He's let us go to Chester races. I've let him down because I've not turned up for training, right? It's probably the biggest game and in Bolton's ten for 10 years, isn't it? The biggest game in their, their history at that point, you know, for a long time because. Obviously, going up a league makes a big difference to you. So I'm thinking, oh, what's he going to say? He's going to go mental. He'll find me two weeks' wages. I can't, I can't afford him to find me two weeks' wages. And then I'm thinking, well, he might sack me. Oh, no. You know, so all these things are going through your head. I'm thinking, right, you better go on the bike or something. Make it look like you've done something. So I'm like, ah. So anyway, I've got the water bottle spraying. I'm spraying the thing on it. Look, spraying it, looking like I'm sweating and that. You know what I mean? Made it look like I've been on the bike and I've... You've done a shift. I've done a shift on the bike. Anyway, all the boys come back, and one by one, they're all walking into the dressing room. And as they're walking in, they're all going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, for God's sake. I said, are you in a good mood? What do you think? <laughs> so two or three minutes later, we apprentice comes in. John Gaffer wants to see you in his office. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. And he went, what's, what's happened? Oh, sit down. Sit down, man. I'm like this, you know what I mean? What's happened? I says, Oh, gaffer. I says, Do you know what? You know, we went to the races. You, you let us go to the races, come back for a couple of drinks, obviously. And I says, Gone home. I says, And I've, I've gone to knock the house. I've no keys or nothing. I've so I've woke everybody up at the house. Wife's not happy. She's come to the door and all that. And I had a bit of a go at me. And, and I says, And look, I says, Rather than you know, anything nonsense and all that. I says, I just jumped in the taxi and I thought, oh, listen, I'll just go and get my head down the hotel or something. So he's gone, all right, right. Uh, no, that's not so good, is it? Like that. 
He says, right, the best thing you can do is, right, go and buy your wife, go and get her flowers, get some chocolates and get a bottle of champagne and it's in, get yourself home and, and make sure you're back here in the morning for training. All right, right. I'm going, all right. And I'm thinking, is that it? Going, were like, you thinking on. it would take it, mate? You, you were waiting for give it, you know, you're just like... Yeah. So he's going, so get the chocolates, flowers, champagne, get home. I was like, all right. So I've gone out and into the boys. They're all waiting in there. Like, what's happened? Oh, nothing. What do you mean nothing? I went, nothing. Just says I've got to go and buy Lee flowers, chocolates, and a bottle of champagne. She doesn't even drink. But you know what I mean? I says, I have to go home. Oh, he's not find you? No. Teacher's pettier, isn't it? Well, as Tomo alluded yeah. to. So he's gone, no, nothing. And I'm thinking, oh, right. So, well, that's not bad, then, is it? So I've gone home, and yeah, still got a face with the missus now, because I ain't been home <laughs> since, the, since the races. And, and the thing is, I hadn't even spoke to her. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of made up the story. She's involved in all this. Well, exactly. <laughs> made up this is my so I've gone in, what do you mean? Oh, too much drink, I ended up in the motorhouse. All oh, right, so you get a bit of silent treatment for a wee bit, and that's it. By the way, I'm supposed to buy you champagne, flowers, and chocolates. So if he asks you on Saturday, I bought them, right? <laughs> and, and so, fair enough. Trained the next day, and then obviously it's the big day, isn't it? So, Preston have come, John Beck's the manager. They've come, and they're just defending. Big time. They've got. 11 men behind the ball at all times. Horrible game to watch. Horrible game. We couldn't get going. They had two banks, right, and we couldn't break them down. And it was it was mental because they won possession and all they would do is they would boot it as far as they could into our half. We'd go back, regain possession again and start play again. And we couldn't get anything. We knocked it. We had a couple of half chances. We, I think actually David Lee had a great chance where he cut inside and put it over the bar. But... Chances were few and far. They were at a premium. They were few and far between. And the longer the game's going on, then it starts getting in your head. I'm thinking, if we don't win this today, he'll sack me. <laughs> now, honestly, because I'm thinking, he's not fined me. He's not really done anything to me. He hasn't even raised his voice at me. He's going to sack me. We've got... I'm like, and now you're like, you know, you're going daft because it's like, we've got to win this game. So anyway... David's gone down the right-hand side, went across a ball, handball, penalty. I think there was about... 12 minutes? 15, I was yeah. going to say 12, 15 minutes to go. So we had we had that stage in the game where... I mean, it was dubious in my eyes anyway, because it was kind of one where the player had lent in a little bit. He didn't put his arm out, he had lent in, came off his arm, but was that a penalty? Was it not a penalty? Anyway, penalty kick. I'm thinking, oh, thank you, thank you. Also, you were glad. Were you nervous? Well, not at the time. I picked the ball up, put the ball on the spot, and now, straight away again, it's come into my head, like, if I miss this, he's sacking me. <laughs> because it's, it's, this is promotion right here. Because we can't create anything. We can, we're not creating any chances. This is probably the only one we're going to get. I'm thinking, I'll miss this now. He's, uh, that's me. Sack me. Well, so I put the ball in the bottom corner gone in and the relief I can't tell you the relief honest to God because the way they were shaped up never they were never gonna they had to then come out and play for the last 10 minutes or so and there was a couple of wee sort of incidents we had in our box but other than that we were quite comfortable so obviously game finishes everybody's going daft and the pitch invasion I mean the pitch is full I don't know right 
we're in the back way, we've came out over this time. I'm in absolute dream world I'm in, right? I'm there and people, I'm stripping off, I'm throwing my shirts into the crowd, my boots are off. Now, I've ended up, I've just got my underpants, right? And then <laughs> I had one thought, I thought, come on, I better check the underpants because I was shitting myself with a penalty. Honestly. And I'm like, oh, honest <laughs> to God. And it was like, but I'm there. I ended up just in my underpants, nothing else on, right? And it was one of them, the, the elation and the relief of, of scoring and to get us. And do you know something that was never mentioned again? Never. Never mentioned again. That's good, though, isn't it? Good management. I think good man management, because I think if he had... And he knew that himself. I mean, he was... Listen, that, he was that experienced. He knew... I think he he didn't want to take the chance of losing me. Was Andy Walker injured? Did he get an injury that? Yeah, Andy Andy got injured... At Swansea, wasn't he? Against Swansea on Bank Easter Monday. Because he would have missed a bit then, wouldn't he? Unbelievably. I mean, it was he had done his cruciate ligament. It was a tackle from Des Little. That's right. On the halfway line. And it actually went, it was hanging by a thread and Andy went to turn over in bed that night and it, and it finally went. So Andy had to have, uh, I mean, he was out for 10 months after that. But Julian Darby stepped up to the plate. That's Julian right. Darby ended up playing up front with me. Yeah. And he actually, he scored the goal against Stoke. Stoke. See, the I one, memory's yeah, great, yeah, mate. It's all on the paddock. The 1-0 game at home. He scored there. Julian scored the important goal. And, but that was it. So... Never mentioned again, we had a great summer uh, and then into the championship. Yeah, we've probably gone over it, but a great FA Cup run. We've probably talked about it a lot, but Do you know great what? FA Cup run. That that helped us as well that year because that helped us build the crowds. Yeah. You know, when you look at it, it's actually 30 years this week. The Liverpool. The Liverpool. Yeah, the Burnham Park, frozen pitch. 30 years tomorrow. Is it? Yeah. Well, we've talked about that a lot. We're going to go into the championship. First game, I remember, against Nottingham Forest at home. Well, Stan Collymore. Stan Collymore. Uh, Elton Wellsby hated Bolton Wanderers. <coughs> he did. Tran, big Tranmere man. That's the one, yeah. Yeah. But that, was, that season was good because I think the town had got behind the club again. It was on the up, wasn't it? It was on the up. Very similar to just now, actually. Go for it, definitely. You know, and... So the, the club's on the up. The first year was tough, uh, pretty much a consolidation year. Yeah. Did you find it a big step up? No, not so much a step up, I think. I think it was more... The team started to evolve a little bit. The team started to change, you know, where some of the boys that had got us up started to leave. And, you know, we, we found a bit of money because of promotion and everything else, and we started to improve... The team, a bit more quality came in, uh, and and it was good. I mean, again, we, good cup runs again, uh, and that we we kind of got a name as a team that they were a very good cup side, and probably a team that the big ones didn't want to play. Yeah, especially at home. Right? Yeah, because the uh, because we played good football, and regardless of who we played, we still played the same football. Do you know what I mean? We never change because of them or, you know, the boss says, no, this is the way we play. This is the way we go out and play. This is the way we do things. Why would we change? You can show too much respect. So, yeah, it was good. So, following season, mid-table finish, then comes an unbelievable season, doesn't it? Yeah. So, the following season was a big one because I think everybody 
kind of said, right, if we finished mid-table and above, then it's been a great season. And it was. Bit more investment that summer in the in the playing staff again. Who come in? Who came in? Let me think. Fabian De Freitas came in. Did John Sheridan come in? No. No, I was a year Richard after. Sneaks come in. That's right. Uh Mixu Partlining had come in. Owen Coyle had come in. So it it got better and better, you know. Did as, come in from Tottenham? As we'd we gone on. Goodney came in the, that season, yeah, but later on. So we started off great. I mean, it was we were going well, uh, as good as anybody in the league, really. When did Andy go? Andy went to Celtic. Didn't Andy, Andy went, Andy went that back. That season before when he came back? Or? Yep, Andy went back to Celtic that summer, I think it was. He went right. back to Celtic. Uh, so was there a target of playoffs then, beginning of the season? Yes. I mean, we, that we mentioned that we had, was we had finished just above midway the previous season, so obviously the next step would have been playoffs. Uh, we probably didn't have enough in the tank really to go up automatic, but playoffs were realistic, and that was it. You know, we uh, again cup runs were were fantastic. League Cup, uh, League Cup was. I mean, the run was phenomenal in the League Cup, and you know, if I if I'd go back to all the way through was great. We got to the semi-final, Swindon Town, home and away, uh, both on the television. The first game away, we got beat 2-1, and in all fairness, we got battered. They, they gave us quite a doing down there. Uh, Jan Aga Fjortoft was yeah. their, their main good guy. Good player, wasn't he? Fantastic player, good finisher, big, strong, burly boy. Good. Put himself about. Horrible to play against. Yeah. If he was on your team, you You wanted it. him in your yeah. side. You know what I mean? A good, good finisher. And... Uh, so we got away with one there. We came out of that as a 2-1. Got back to our place, thinking, right, we're, we're still in this. We can turn it round. And he goes and scores. In the second in half. In the second half, from yeah. a corner. So he scores, puts them 3-1 up now. So now we need three goals, I think, in the last 25 minutes, maybe. Certainly half an hour, no, no more than that. And... Uh, we had chances and they just weren't happening for us. They just didn't seem to, didn't seem to happen. And then I think he, he the master stroke, he brought on Patalainen and, and Snickers. Richard Snakes came on at the same time. And we got ourselves back in and Mixu hits one of the best goals you'll see. I mean, the pitch was, was like a pudding. Do you know what I mean? It was dead. I mean, it was muddy. It was, there was not a lot of grass on it. Uh, and how he's done this, he's picked the ball clean from about 30 yards. He's picked it off the top of the ground without leaving an imprint on it or anything. And he smashed it right into the back of the net. And that was it. The place was, it was an uproar. And the pressure, the pressure, the pressure. We got our goals. A couple of minutes to go. We've got a free kick. Thomas stepped up and he's made a hash of the free kick, if you're honest with you. He kind of scuffs it. And he's hit it. And it's, kind of bounced in between one of their players' legs and it's went through his legs and all of a sudden I find myself six yards from goal, side foot finish, into the bottom corner, Wembley final. What a comeback. I mean, the, the crowd that night were phenomenal. It was bouncing. The it? noise, it was, it, it, was, it was just magical. It really was. And so there you go, Wembley final uh, against Liverpool. I think they always won now, don't they? <laughs> Against Liverpool, uh, now Goodney made his debut 
in that game, Goodney Bergson. That's right, we got from he Spurs, came, didn't he? He came off the bench. Uh, if you remember, on the day, Steve McManaman played out his skin. He was phenomenal on the yeah, day. Untouchable, wasn't he? People he was, like David Lee. He, he, was, un- he, was, he was pretty much unplayable. Uh, Scott Green, unfortunately for him, had a wee bit of a run around in the first half. So they've taken Scott off at half time and put Goodney on at right back to try and contain McManaman. But on the day, Tomo was just as good as McManaman yeah. on the day. Tomo mm. scored an unbelievable goal. And he nearly got the crossbar, I think, as well. He hit the crossbar as well. And I think David James has pulled off. He's got the fingertips onto that one, onto the crossbar. Uh, and Tomo was just as good as McManaman on. And it could easily have been Tomo man of the match on, on the day. Yeah. But they beat us 2-1. Uh, that was on it was April the second was the final. And uh so now it left us, okay, we've we've been here. Wembley was I mean it was fantastic. The atmosphere, the, the experience, everything else was great. Still got business now, Still it? got but back to league now. And it was getting up and running after the after the final and everything else and try to keep our, we were in the playoff positions and it was trying to stay in there. So we finished the season, got to the end of the season, we're in the playoffs. Wolves. So the got, old enemy. Old enemy. Wolves at home and away. And the first leg was at Molyneux. Battered us. Battered us. Could have been 5-1. Yeah. Could have been 5-1 on the day. Peter Shelton and goals. Was it? Peter's done great. Uh, Branny's still injured at this point. Peter's done great. And, and honestly, what a great man. Great goalkeeper and everything else. But everything seemed to fall for us that day. They hit the post. You know, Peter would get a block on and go out for a corner. It was it, it was just one of them games. And Jason McAteer scored our goal. It came off his shin. It kind of bobbled up as he's hit it. And it's looked over the goal. Yeah, it was a weird one. It, you can tell it's a miss hit, wasn't it? You know, and, but it's looked over into the net, right? So again, 2-1, we're in the game. A little bit similar to the semi-final with Swindon, where we played that the first game away and we should have got battered and we got away with a 2-1. Wolves was the same. Coming back on the coach, were you all saying that on the coach? I think you you know you've been lucky. You know you've got away with one. You know you've got to play better the next game because if you don't, you ain't going That's to go it. through. Season's it's finished, it's isn't as it? simple as that. So your season now is all rolled into 90 minutes because that's it. It's, it's one and done, isn't it? There's no, there's no comebacks after this. So the atmosphere, I think that night, that's the best atmosphere at Burnham Park. Yeah. That was Phenomenal. It really was. It was the place was bouncing. There's something about felt. old grounds. You can say Stoke, Huddersfield, yeah. Burnley, Bowl, <coughs> anywhere with paddocks and terraces. Yeah. Under old-fashioned floodlights. The camp. At night. Yeah. So the place is bouncing. We've come out to the noise, and it's just phew, the roofs are coming off, isn't it? I mean, it's brilliant. So the first half, and it, you know, both teams are giving it everything they've got. It's end to end. It's a it's a great game to watch. There's a lot of kind of half chances. There's some good saves off the goalies. There's, it's just like I said, a good game. And then just before half time, we've broke, and Jason McAteer's played an unbelievable ball to me. He's kind of dinked it, hasn't dinked he? it, kind of chipped it over their defence. I've ran onto it, and as I've ran on, it's kind of bounced quite high. It was kind of just above hip height, and I managed to get up above it, and I've hit it, and it's gone in the top corner. And so that's got us level. And again, the place erupts and it just, it's unbelievable. So we go out the second half. And at this point, 
we're pretty much through because away goals counted at that time. Right, that's right, yeah. So It was, yeah, of course. So we'd be through at 1-0, but you're like, this, that, and the other. Right? Vice versa, they score. And it, it was after extra time you'd go through. Yeah. Right? So anyway, a lot of chances, everyone else, games come down it. You obviously know what's happened, right? In second half, we're down the bottom end, and we've uh, we've been defending quite last ditch, really, at times, you know what I mean? Because they've thrown everything at it. You know, they've got some unbelievable players in their team, you know? Steve Bull, David Kelly, you know, playing up front, Don Goodman, you know what I mean? There's some real good players in there that, that are difference makers. So we're defending with our lives, getting blocks in, you know what I mean? Branny's done brilliant goals. We, we've done really well, but, you know, they get half a chance, it's a back net, we're, we're done. So this ball comes over, and I think it came in from a corner, and it went to the back post, and somebody, I think it might be Mixu, headed it back across the goal, and it kind of looked up. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a downward header, it kind of looked up. Their goalkeeper, I think it was Still, came, took the ball, and as he's gone down, fell on the ball. Well, I'm right on him, thinking, well, if he spills it, I'm on him. And I'm kind of half leaning over him. Next minute, somebody's pushed me from the back on top of him. And as I've got to get up, David Kelly's grabbed me, gripped me by the throat. And as he's gripped me by the throat, I've kind of just threw a, a left-hander out there. <laughs> and do you know what? Do you know when it's like when it's on its way? And Why you're, am I and doing you're going, this? And you're going, no, 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 come back. And then you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> you know, no, but you're, that, that, and then you're going, no, and it's like, and then he's gone down, probably made a bit of it, thinking, right, he'll he'll get sent off. So he's gone down like he's been floored from Tyson. Do you know what I mean? The referee's standing no more than six yards from us, with an unobstructed view, uh, looking straight at us. Right? Away fans, home fans. Well, we're right in this corner now. So the paddock, the away fans, they're next to each other, and you think, this is going to go nuts. So yeah. it, it probably would have done, because it was a tense atmosphere that yeah. night. It was. I mean, there's a lot of writing on it. So you're thinking, right, here we go. So I, I'm now pulling David Kelly up and trying to shake his hand, you know what I mean, and going, get up, you know what I mean, one of them. Turn around, the referee's pulled the two of us walking over, like taking hours away from everybody else. And more I'm, into the corner as well. Well, more into the corner, but I'm going to him, I said, don't spoil a good game, ref. Do you know what I mean? I said, come on. It's like that, thinking. And now, kind of flashbacks to the Preston game, flashbacks to the to the Chester races. He'll sack me. That's all I'm thinking now. If I get sent off here... You're scared of the gaffer here, aren't you? I wouldn't be able to play at Wembley, for a start. And then if they don't go up, it's me, it's my fault. And I'm thinking, he's going to he'll sack me. No. Oh. So I've gone, I've gone over. I'm, I'm still shaking his hand less. I'm looking at the ref going, don't spoil a good game, ref. And I'm like that, and I'm thinking... <laughs> so he's pulled out the yellow and, and, and gone to him, yellow, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, the red's coming out. And he's gone to me, yellow. Should have been set off straight away, though, Absolutely no messing, yeah, done. Now, in, in a way, he should, probably should have got sent off as well because he gripped me round the throat first and that's what instigated it. But should have been red, red, no problem. Or at worst, yellow him, red me. Can you imagine the phonings going on, wolves. Well, <laughs> but, and then... Jimmy Greaves was commentating on the game. I bet he was going ballistic. And he's gone daft because he's gone, ah, they've got McGinley, he's off. No, I, I As soon as he showed the yellow and it, it, the camera sort of went to me running back, going up front, 
and I've gone, I've kind of sort of winked at Keith Curl as I've ran sort of past him like that, and it's caught me doing it. And and Graves is going, that's a disgrace, that's a cop out. The referee, that's a cop out from the referee that, and, and he went his mile on it, right? You know what I mean? But when you look at it, he was dead right. But he was a bit biased towards Wolves as well on on that commentary. So to make it worse, gone into extra time. Fabian de Freitas has gone down the right-hand side, put a ball across, they've defended it. I think it was Peter Shirtliffe, I think it was, that defended it, it knocked it to the side. I've just got on it, first time finish, 2-0. So the place, obviously, that's it then, isn't it? The place is Done gone. and dusted, isn't it? Done and dusted, the place has gone nuts. Wolves fans are going berserk because I'm still in the park, I went and scored now, that cemented the game, scored the second goal, and that was it. And it was, <laughs> it was just, it was like it was meant to be, you know, and, but the Wolves fans were going, I mean. Probably kicked off a big rivalry that over the years. Well, yeah, it? it did. It did, really. And bearing in mind, we had beat them previously a couple of years ago before that in that Molyneux in the FA Cup. We had we had beat them. So it was kind of cementing that. And I remember Sir Nat, Sir Nat Lofthouse used to tell us and everyone else back in his day, they had a bit of a similar thing with Billy Wright and everyone else, and there was a big rivalry then, so we sort of rekindled it okay, yeah. in our era. But uh, but no, it was great. So that was us, Wembley, you know. Uh, again, having played there six weeks previous to that... Helped. We kind of knew what we were going to this we were going time. going business. We were going there and knowing what to expect this time, whereas the one against Liverpool... It was a day out. Well, no, no, it was never a day out. The, the boss would never allow it to be a day out. But you were going into the unknown Yeah, the first time. Second time, you knew what to expect. And we went to Portugal for a week. Uh, the, the boss took us away and, and, you know, did some good training in Portugal. Was Peter Shelton with you? Yes, he was. I'll, I'll cover that one in a wee you minute. You know what I'm going yeah. for here, don't you? More importantly, David Lee... At this by this time, David Lee had broke his foot. That's right. Uh, so David David had broke his foot. So David was on crutches. So he was out of the game. So whilst we were in Portugal, uh, the boss had come to me and says, uh, "I'm going to play you wide right in the game." Okay. Yeah. And him and Ian McNeil both felt I was the best crosser of the ball at the club. And uh, and he, and their their thinking was. Strikers are the best crossers of the ball because they know what crosses to put in the box. Well, they know what they want, don't they? They know what they want. And uh, so he said to me, what's your thoughts? And I said, look, I don't care. You know me. I'd, well, I've played in goals. You know, so I'd play anywhere. It don't matter. I mean, it's one of them where if, it, if it's for the benefit of the team and it's going to do as you think better to, to do that, then great. So we worked on it that week. Worked on me, me on the wide right. Uh, and in the end, in that game itself, we had four strikers on the park when we were chasing the game. Yeah. Owen Coyle on the left, me on the right, Mixu and Fabian De Freitas up the middle. You know what I mean? So four, four strikers and... But it was good. That week, that week, intense training, that week, we had, when we got there the first day, the boss says, right, meal tonight, everybody at the meal, and then you can have a few pints tonight. But then that's it. The rest of the week, it's work. So we all went, yeah, no problem. So 
go out tonight, have a few pints, make sure you're on the training ground tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. Yeah, no worries, boss. Everybody will be there. So first night, we all go out, had the meal, drifted away, gone out, a few pints here, a few pints there, started to do the rounds a wee bit. We found ourselves in this little little nightclub place, and it was deserted. There was about six people in it. So we'd gone in just for a few more pints before we ended up going home. But we'd had a few by this time as well. So I ended up, the great Peter Shelton, model pro, you know what I mean? And, and the boss loved him because the boss used to always say, oh, Peter's like this, Peter does this, Peter does that, and, you know, Peter does everything right, you know what I mean? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, good one, good one, all that. So this night, so we're out. She had a few drinks. End of the night, it must have been 3 o'clock in the morning. I might even be a bit later, and I might be 4. It was 3 or 4 in the morning anyway. So we've ended up, and, we're, and all week we've been at him. What happened with the hand of God go? What happened with this? What did you do so with was, this? Was he just holding counsel? Pretty much all week, right? But anyway, he's had a few drinks this night. So I've got him in. We've got in the, in this nightclub and we've set up. Because it's so empty, I've, got, I've put chairs down as goals and he's in and I'm, and I'm flicking beer mats and he's saving them, <laughs> right? And you think, you think back now and you think, right, 125 caps for England. The number one goalkeeper in the world, right? And he's and he's saving beer mats in this wee nightclub in Portugal. In Portugal. <laughs> you know what I mean? So gets home next morning and you dare be late. So everybody's in for training, ten o'clock. So you we had to walk down this hill to the training ground and everything else. So the boss is there, comes down and we're all sitting in a big sort of semicircle. And he starts this big speech saying, Right, this week it's gonna be a hard week. I want everybody to put it in this week. We're gonna get the benefit from it. Obviously, we're going for promotion. That's the that's the end goal. This week's going to be important to that. We're going to work on shape. We're going to do this, going to do that. And, gonna, and then he goes on to, and he says, and we're so blessed to have this man here, Peter Shelton. Model pro. He does this. He does that. Best goalkeeper in the world. 125 caps for England. And he's gone on a big speech. And, and everybody's sitting there looking at each other, you know, and going like this. If you'd only seen him last night diving, saving beer mats in this wee nightclub. But... He was great, and, and all that week, Liam, where we were doing mornings and afternoons, so it was double shifts we were doing, and then at night we'd have our dinner and we'd sit round the pool, or it wasn't actually the pool, we'd sit round Peter Shelton. Peter would sit there on his sunbed like this, facing everybody, and everybody would be just firing questions at him all week. Right, again, Maradona, what happened in that game? What happened in these big games? What happened in that game? What was Clough like? No, what did he do? All week. And never once did he hide away or shy away or, or anything. Do you know what I mean? He sat there. Him being there was good for the team, that it way. It was brilliant. Yeah. Honestly, absolutely brilliant. I mean, it, the stories he would come out with, you know what I mean, about them all when on the trips, going to World Cups, this, that and the other. And... It was just brilliant. It was it was magic. And we were sitting around him. And so got to the end of the week, and this one time, he got up out of his, I'm saying a chair, sunbed thing, right? So he got up and walked around. And his front was black. With suntan. Suntan. Because he had been sat there, hadn't moved all, and his back and his legs were white at the back. <laughs> Honestly, it looked like, and it was that fact, whereas he had sat there all week and not once did he turn his back on the boys. And he just listened to and everyone. He just, well, answering questions all week, and he was brilliant. Absolutely, what a gentleman. Fantastic guy. But what a game to be remembered by. <laughs> I mean, it was one of them. Listen, 
after the full-time whistle, Bruce got interviewed, are you leaving, going to Arsenal, and ran off. Yeah. I've nothing on. People were coming in, looking, and I'm standing there with nothing on, bollock <laughs> naked, in this <laughs> toilet, right? In Pakistan. In Pakistan. <laughs> and just before I'd got on the bus, they gave me my gear. And it was this horrendous tracksuit. This gear was minging. <laughs> Two and a half years left of my contract. And he's pulled me in and he's gone. What would it take today uh, for you to, to walk away? Went, look, just whatever you want, just do it. And he, he wrote a check out and he went, what about that? I went, oh, fair enough. And I walked, Liam, I took the check and I walked out the door. I didn't even bargain. I, and I could have got probably treble what he offered me, right? And I didn't, I just said, fair enough. Because I, I felt in the back of my mind saying, well, look, you're not going to play. He's giving you something to go. Just go. Regular days would turn into never-ending weekends, ordinary way. Now, you when it comes low, you press me up with perfect, wandering in architects. Hey, what do you say? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.